Welcome to the Mountain Outpost Podcast, everyone. That's Jam Jam. Yeah, what I'm still I... fresh because you couldn't hear that part. Uh, and we're we're getting the ball rolling in 2022 because we know no other way. Uh, other than these current audio issues, Jam Jam, how are you doing, boss? I'm doing good. Um, I just, yeah, I've been running, been running a lot, and uh, that's about it. Across the years is still going, believe it or not. <laughs> it's like it's three more two and a half more days something like that um it is insane um but yeah i was out there for last person standing i ran 100k that was my maximum amount of mileage so that ended up i was fifth out of 10 people so shout out to jeff garmeyer taking the win and paul nilson for the runner-up and the assist so those guys went hundred and 14 and 115 miles uh which is not quite as much as we did a couple years ago but we had a larger starting field so um yeah it was uh it was a good time sweet and you listen to your coach's orders which is the most important part because i was a little concerned that you might let your uh competitive nature take over there and be like ah what's one more than one turns into 10 and 10 turns into 20 and then all of a sudden (laughs) things get off the rails quickly. Oh no, I was, I was ready to be done. So I was very happy. (laughs) I mean, considering I had run 40 some odd miles leading up to there. So I was already at a hundred plus for the week and I haven't done a hundred mile training week in quite some time. So it was definitely, definitely good. I think the operative word in that sentence was training week. Because you do a bunch of 100-mile weeks, but they normally involve 100-mile races that you did not appropriately train for. So the fact that you have actually pieced together a coherent 100-mile week is good. That's progress. I mean, it was there was still a race involved, but I'll take it. It was it was a long run. I was out there for 15 hours, and um, but yeah, it was towards the end. I was running like. Two nine and a half to ten minute laps, so probably nine and a half, nine to nine and a half minute miles running most mm-hmm. of the way. I would walk maybe the last hundred yards, but um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. Super sore last couple days. I got out uh, in the mountains today a little bit, so we got a big long run, vert heavy long run on Saturday. We got to get ready for so it's. We're, we're rolling right into the next week. There's not really much time for recovery. Sweet. Sweet. And so, do we know like what the next thing on the calendar is for you? Or like, are you hopping into a cold water? Like, is there some sort of benchmark effort yeah. you have coming up? Yeah, there's going to be, I'm going to be doing the cold water 52 mile, which is, so Santan scrambles this weekend on Saturday. I'm not doing any of those races. Um, plan to be out there in the morning a bit. And then the next weekend is cold water. So they're back-to-back races uh, this year. It's just how it, it lined up with the dates. And 
going to be doing that. I just got into the running up for air 12 hour, mm -hmm. which is a, an event I did a couple years ago in uh, Salt Lake City. Uh, Jared Campbell puts it on. They use it as a fundraiser for um, like clean and it's like Breathe Clean Utah, something like that. Um, I am actually, as part of doing it, I signed up to fundraise. So I'm trying to fundraise $1,000 while doing that race. So um, I'll probably put a link out there at some point. We'll see if we can some pony up a thousand bucks collectively through the community to help support their cause. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Sweet. No, that's a, it's a healthy schedule. So, and you will be in town that weekend as well, back in Phoenix. Yeah. I forgot about that. Just parlaying um, it right into what you got going on next. Yeah. It's a wild, it's a wild time. Um, I guess we did actually see each other for, what like two hours max brief uh, amount of time. on new year's yeah we rung in the new year's together like we <laughs> we saw the ball drop yes. together that was yes. it was nice uh it was not really conducive to recording a podcast uh it was also loud as hell at that uh that venue um which is good good for business so happy yeah. we could support um but but yeah we just couldn't put together a live podcast because we had other busy live things happening um yep. i'm glad that we got to connect exactly. uh, and, and hug it out um <laughs> what else is going on in the world yeah i am going to be in phoenix next week again uh hopping down there for rock and roll uh signed up for the marathon i don't know if i'm running the marathon i don't know if i'm like right i was talking uh to uh, the better half earlier about this um like, am I going to go all out for the marathon am i going to go out all out for like the first half try to like pr in the half marathon and then just like <laughs> suffer time on feet for the last 13 miles because i mean at the end of the day we're now at the point where everything's now building towards my first trail 100k at the beginning of may and so 26 miles is a good supported long run it's just a matter of how much do i want to hate myself and how consistent has my training been um and what i do at rock and roll next sunday will be uh kind of contingent on how the next seven or so days go so uh didn't even tell you about this I actually signed up for chase the throne uh we talked a lot about this last winter i suppose uh with trials of miles bracket style challenge uh that they put forth in a host of different cities san francisco being one of them so i'm actually locked up uh with steven anderson who's gonna probably blow my doors off on this like 2.8 mile loop around golden gate park uh but see so yeah, i got that i gotta do and then saturday uh i'm gonna be down in san diego doing a 10k on the grass that's right uh because cross country is next to trail running so i said why not uh so i'm gonna go down to the usatf national championships toe the line next to legitimate professionals and get absolutely slaughtered yeah because nothing says you better pr like trying to ensure that you don't get lapped in a 10k because it's just five 2k loops and i cannot be in the background of the finish line photo for joe klecker or hillary Bohr or whoever the hell is actually going to win this thing on the men's side so i just like i gotta gas it to make sure that i get through 8k before they get through 10 so that's an incentive um, when is so, yeah. that that's this weekend that's saturday yeah oh man so i gotta at some point in the next couple of days do my chase the throne is that uh, head to head or you do it on your own time? You do it on own time. Okay. Like you can set it up where if you guys want to race at the same time, you can. Um, 
I have a hunch based on seeing other people's Stravas that a lot of people are just waiting for this weekend. Uh, we also haven't had great weather in the Bay Area, uh, which, I mean, we're still doing better than like D.C., so sorry if you're out there. Uh, happy you have power and can hopefully watch this live or listen to it later after the fact. Um, but, but yeah, I think a lot of people are like treating Chase the Throne as a race. People are like resting, recovering, like they're talking about it uh, in their Strava descriptions. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I kind of got to gas it early in the week because I need to recover for this 10K. Uh, and then if I somehow advance, then have to go sprint up uh, Twin Peaks next week before then going to Phoenix and running something that resembles a marathon. So it's going to be a wild, wild next like 10 to 14 days. Legs are going to hurt, but it's going to be good. It's good to be back. So I got tired of just, you know, sitting around and doing easy miles. I was like, let's throw some intensity in the mix. And yep. and then I signed up for too damn much. So here we are. It's going to be, it's going to be wild. Nice. Oh yeah. All right. Tonight's show. Tonight's show. Brought to you by us. We still don't have sponsors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by mountainhousepost.com. Go cop some gear. Check it out. Uh, you, are you having a beverage tonight? Bought to you by our I, beverages. I am having a beverage tonight. Uh, you already have yours ready, so if you want to intro it, by all means. Oh yeah, this is a got this is a, a Christmas gift. So just got some beer here, uh, New England IPA from Stell Wagon Beer Company. Never had this before, so interesting. I don't even know where they're based out uh, of Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. Um, says, I am going with yeah. the uh, Weizenbach uh, called Danger Zone from Oakland United. So local to the Bay. Um, so if you are watching this on YouTube, you can see uh, the greatness that is the Kenny Loggins Danger Zone Top Gun artwork. I'm a fan. It'll be good. So cheers, sir. Cheers. Clink. There you go. We checked all of our ASMR boxes for the night. So if you're listening to this on the Steep Life Media uh, podcast, there you go. You're welcome. I hope you sleep well to the sounds of us cracking beers and getting weird. Speaking of cracking beers and getting weird, uh, we talked a few weeks ago about diving deep into the Ultra Run of the Year conversation. Uh, That should be dropping, I assume, in the next couple of days, potentially start of next week, uh, the official top 10 on the men's and women's side, as well as the performances of the year. Uh, But you, sir, are a voter and had access to the full ballot and got to make your own picks. So we thought tonight what we would do uh, is dive deep into the spreadsheet, talk about some of the top performances, uh, some of the top runners on both sides, uh, maybe even a little bit of insight into what your specific ballot looks like. Um, I got a chance to preview the monstrosity, the original data dump. Uh, I have no idea who you chose. I definitely don't know what order you did it in. And honestly, I don't care because I'm my own person and I have feelings about how the last year went. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll dig into uh, sort of what you had going for you, what I disagree with, who I thought uh, stood out throughout the year. And uh, I'm sure folks live here in the chat will also have some feelings as well. So if you are with us on the Mountain Outpost YouTube page, uh, make sure to utilize that that uh, that live chat function and 
harass us accordingly if you agree or disagree. And also while you're here, just hit that like button and subscribe and hit the little bell and it notifies you when we show up anytime uh, onto the internet. So that's the preamble. Jam yeah. Jam. Well, Are you and, ready? Yeah. The, and the next part of the preamble is going to be what the heck is the Ultra Runner of the Year? Because I feel like every time people don't understand what exactly this is, so it might be a good time to uh, recap this. So this is sponsored and put together every year since like the early 80s by Ultra Running Magazine, which is North America's magazine. So it focuses on the races in North America um, exclusively. So it's it's only eligible to those athletes. So we can't talk about Francois Den or Killian or any of these other amazing global athletes. This is strictly for North Americans, but of course, uh, they can do any races in those count as part of this. So um, we are provided, there is something around, somewhere around 30 uh, voters. I became one a couple years ago. I don't even know exactly how. I just got an email one day from them. So that's pretty cool. Um, so they provided us with some data. Um, of course, any uh, race is is open to be included. So they, they say they might've missed some, but we were provided with a bunch of data about some of the top runners and their performances over the year. Um, they included, um, yeah, as many results as they could. And let's see, what am I missing here? So, uh, I mean, I think inherently in that is they were ultra performances. So somebody did like a sub ultra wasn't necessarily included in the consideration. Um, so yeah, those should arrow 26 K wouldn't appear in this data dump, but if you did the 52 K yeah. and it's not really relevant to this. So like, that's great. If you're great at cross country or marathons, not applicable to this. Um, but anything 50 K and above, and, and that's part of the hard part about voting for this is, uh, the sport is so varied. I mean, you've got, I mean, Des Linden set a 50 K world record to Harvey Lewis at the big's backyard. It's like, those are both performances that we're trying to figure out how do these stack up? I mean, it's, it's a men's versus a woman's one, but you know, how do you stack up something like Annie Hughes winning Moab versus, you know, Courtney winning UTMB versus Deslind in 50 K and JFK 50. I don't know. There's kind of view it in a lot of different ways. So, um, yeah, like how how did I approach it? How did the other voters approach it? It's kind of up to you. Um, but they do say try and be analytical, try and compare like competitiveness of races. Um, as a side note, these do not include FKTs. So FKT performances is a separate thing. This is just races specifically. Um, let's see, what else do we say? Yeah. One voter says apples versus oranges versus pineapples versus bananas. Because it's like there is so much yeah. in the sport. It's it's so crazy. It's so varied. So some guidelines, they say it should encompass the runner's full body of work for the whole year. Um, so there is a separate vote on performance of the year. So let's say you had someone that had one stellar performance that stood out. Or maybe they only had one great performance. They wouldn't really be considered for Ultra Runner of the Year. Uh, but that could be considered for performance of the year. Um, emphasis should be put on significantly competitive events where there's large number of elites. So it could be Western States, golden ticket races, um, 
UTMB, Speed Goat, Run Rabbit Run, things like that. Um, and then head-to-head -head competition. So comparing, you know, did this, did some of the top runners on a ballot race each other? How did they fare against one another? Mm -hmm. um, let's see what else. Uh, course, I look at course records too. Um, like if you took out a course record that was 25 years old, it's, I would give that some weight, you know, comparatively uh, to maybe something else. And then also versatility. So uh, runners who excelled over a variety of distances or disciplines, I think is also something to consider. You know, are they smashing it at a fast 50K, but also at a mountain 100? Um, certainly that's like more of a full body of work. So um, anyways, we, we had to submit our top 10 male and female ultra runners of the year, our top five male and female performance of the year and mass it's called best age group performance for uh 50 years and older so that was a long-winded overview of uh what it's all about it's important so, no all, all all uh necessary things because i can guarantee you off the jump as soon as it starts getting announced somebody's gonna be like why isn't insert european athlete here it's like again this is just a north american specific award so that all being said sir walk us through what are some of the highlights uh it doesn't necessarily need to be your top 10 yet but just like what are some of the things that popped off uh the the page as you were going through well let's see there's like 300 and the the spreadsheet is like 345 lines long i mean there's spaces in between them but um i don't know how many athletes that is but uh, yeah, it seemed like, I mean, overall, it, it seemed like there, it was a little tough. I mean, um, I think there were only a certain number of athletes that did a significant number of ultras in 2021, uh, which I think made it a little more challenging. I think with, with COVID still being a major thing, I mean, at the beginning of the year and then even towards the end of the year, it definitely limited some opportunities for racing and probably people's training and everything else. So uh, a lot of people, you only saw one or two great performances, maybe three. Uh, so I tried to look initially, you know, and really take a look, okay, what athletes had at least three great performances, if not at least four? Um, because if you're talking about the ultra runner of the year, I'm thinking this has got to be a, a, a body of work. Like, you did something significant this year. Um, and that's what I tried to take into, uh, consideration. So, um, let's see ones that started popping up for me. Um, I mean, Courtney DeWalter, <laughs> let's be real here. Uh, we saw her, uh, with a crushing performance at UTMB, uh, with setting the course record, uh, lowering Rory Bozio's from 2013. Um, I think like, obviously she had a DNF at hard rock, which you could argue, you could subtract some points for that. Um, but she also set a course record at the San Juan solstice, um, by 40 minutes earlier in the summer. Um, she won ultra trail Cape town and a couple like local 50 K's. And then uh, she she made it about halfway as long as Harvey did at Big's Backyard this year. So, um, yeah, definitely definitely up there in the runnings. Um, 
Camille Heron uh, had kind of a struggle at the beginning of the year, but she put together a solid season. So, um, you know, Project Carbon X, she dropped out of that. She also went to try and do a six-day race in Hungary and dropped out of that. Um, but you look at the rest of her year, and it was pretty impressive. So we had a, a massive course record at the Havelina 100, one of the top performances of the year, most definitely, running a 14.03, taking almost 50 minutes off the course record. Um, it was just an incredible run. Um, she came back from last year having dropped out. Um, she powered through a Western States finish. So I think, you know, showed some grit, obviously not a consideration for her performance. Um, she also set a new American track record at a hundred miles of desert solstice in 1321. And she was second at the jackpot ultra, which was the hundred mile USATF road champs. So in 1442. So I think that's, that's a solid year right there. Um, with, a few of the f the fastest hundreds of the year slash, you know, course records, American records. Um, another one that popped up who's somewhat new to the scene, Annie Hughes stood out to me, raced a lot. So she won five races this year. Um, Leadville 100, uh, a smaller 100 mile called Macy's hideout. There was just 16 finishers. Um, but I think the Leadville win really put her on the map. But she had also also won the Collegiate Peaks 50, the Behind the Rocks 50, and the Moab 240. So showing a ton of versatility uh, from 50 miles all the way up to 240 miles. Um, she did do the San Juan Solstice. So head-to-head -head with Courtney, um, but did it slower. So I don't know if it was just a training run. Uh, she was also fifth at Speed Goat, so seems to excel at the really long stuff. Um, but we'll see. She's She's got a big, nice calendar this year. She'll be running, I think I saw Coldwater and Havelina this year and Cocodona 250. Definitely going to be exciting to see that. You guys are going to be besties by the end of this year. <laughs> um, Brittany Peterson. trying to scan for her results. So, um, she, she had, so she was one that had three, three big races, top performances. Uh, she did have a DNF at UTMB, um, but was first at black Canyon. We saw that go down, uh, and ran a course record. So that's an incredible race. No one's touched Sage's course record on the men's side still. Um, but she was able to set a new course record this year. She also was second uh, at Havelina this year. Obviously, Camille's run overshadowed that uh, a bit. She ran a 15.47 and was fourth at Western States. Obviously, a competitive race. Uh, so definitely up there in the mix. Uh, and then, so these, I kind of, I think I might have gone a little bit out of order. Um, but they, they were all in my top five. And then the last one in my top five is Sarah Cummings. So that is a name I didn't really know, but one arches 50 mile overall. That's a race in Utah at the beginning of the year. She was first at JFK, uh, in 618 was third at Lake Sonoma, 
Uh, first at Antelope Island and second at the Desert Rats, 50K, I guess. Antelope Island, 50K. So I don't know. Um, it just seems like, you know, a win at JFK, that's a that's a hugely competitive race. I feel like that gets you some points. Um, and she should be on definitely on the map for that one. Okay. I respect all of your walkthrough. All of all of those women were are very deserving of votes. Uh, I will also agree with you that uh, the number of women who raced a lot significantly higher than the number of men who raced a lot. Like a lot more of the women uh, that were up for consideration had, even if you counted like neighborhood, sort of like their local community race, they still have four, five, six, seven results where a lot of the men had two tops three so the women are just out there grinding significantly more often uh which is not surprising because they're all badasses so uh so that that was definitely just like a, a top level takeaway uh in terms of my thoughts on the women's side i agree with you uh in terms of courtney uh definitely being up there annie hughes definitely being up there Brittany peterson definitely being up there uh, but I had a slightly different uh, consideration for who else would have been in my top five. So uh, I also threw, not that I have a vote, but you're hearing it here on the internet, so it counts for something. Uh, Lottie Zeller, Zeller? I assume it's Zeller. I was, I'm going to go with that until somebody tells me otherwise. Uh, but the overall win at Rocky Raccoon, 100K, uh, the women's win at Captain and Carl's Mule Shoe Bend, the women's win at Bandera, the women's win at Damn Yeti. Uh, so a lot of that, like really good 50 to 60K performances, and then still uh, showing that range to put together a third place at Havelina in uh, 1650 uh, on what was a pretty solid day uh, for her. I thought definitely showed a, a good body of work um, and some relatively competitive uh endeavors and then uh leah yingling who if you want to talk about people who were versatile across the board uh definitely up there with a second place at bear 100 a sixth at canyons 100k with the win at squaw peak 50 uh the win at tushers uh i'm assuming like 90k I think would be the best way to frame that 88. List, it was listed at ma a marathon, but I think it was the 70 K. Okay. Um, so, so knock that out. And then uh, also had a second place at black Canyon 60 uh, K and then the win at the Belmont 50 uh, K. So just like literally covered all the bases and was either first or second at all of them, except for canyons, which is, obviously the last uh, golden ticket race to get in and still ran just a little over 11 hours on a damn near completely uphill course. So, uh, you know, that, that counts for something. So would have definitely thrown her in my top five as well. Uh, just a solid breadth of work throughout the entirety of the year. Uh, and then sort of my like honorable mention, which also kind of doubles as probably like up and comer of the, of, of the year. And in, in my book uh, that wasn't in that consideration uh, is Christina Randrup 
We talked about her at some point. Uh, I, must, I guess it was assuming it was after JFK because uh, she took fourth place there. Um, but she had uh, she basically didn't do worse than fourth female at any of her five races this year, uh, including JFK, Lake Sonoma, and American River. Uh, so in terms of folks who are uh, up and coming, I mean, she's literally 23. Uh you know, definitely going to be somebody to watch if she's already putting together uh, that string of performances at the 50 mile and under distance. And uh, obviously love to see what she pulls together uh, at the 100K and eventually uh, moving on up to that 100 mile distance as well. Because if she's cranking out fast 50s this young, uh, you can only hope that she's going to uh, extend that range and hopefully get into uh, the big 100 mile dance sometime here in the near future. And, and tear it up there, especially because uh, California native is always got to do Western States and do it well. So that's where I'm at in terms of my women's sort of bracket podium. Uh, but we should uh, go ahead and turn our attention to the men's yeah. side. Well, that's so interesting. Uh, I feel like it's so – the women were actually so deep. Like you mentioned yeah. all them, and I definitely was like – I definitely was looking at all them, but I had even five more women – that made my top 10 and none of them did. And it's just like, there's so many, so many great performances and so many great athletes that don't even get like, even Min, I'm going to mention Mindy Coolman, who I don't even know who that is really, but so like many results, Nebraska runner. She only <laughs> got first or second this year, you know? Uh, yeah. Like Rocky raccoon second and then won a bunch of all the rest of her races basically. Yeah. It's just legit. It was like she was, was knocking out a race like every two months or something crazy. Yeah. Like it was, it was wild. Anyways, uh, yeah, we can move on to the men. So uh, this one was definitely tough. Um, I'll just go through some of my top five in like no particular order. Um, I had Arlen Glick in my top five. I think that that has to be in your top five. He, of course, um, really put himself on the map. At least for me, at Havilene 100, he took the win in 13:14, uh, one of the fastest times there. But uh, that was his, I think, eighth out of nine or nine out of ten 100 mile wins in his career, which is only a couple years old. Um, the only race he lost was to Taggart Van Etten when Taggart ran like 12 something, and he PR'd it. Arlen ran like a sub 13 and PR'd. So uh, this year, what else did he do? He won. Umstead, he won Mohican, he won Burning River, he won Havilene 100, and then uh, he came out and gave the 24-hour race a shot at Desert Solstice. Uh, he was right up there for 100 and then kind of had a bit of a meltdown, but still ran 128 miles, I think learned a lot, and uh, we're going to be seeing a lot more from this guy, including him at Western States 100 next year. Who else is on my list? Uh, you got to have Jim Walmsley up there um, on your list. He, of course, had a bit of a smaller year um, in terms of number of, of races, but three huge performances. Um, Project Carbon X2, where he set an American record. Uh, he was nine seconds off the world record in 609.26. We all watched that happen. Uh, then he ran one of the fastest times ever at Western States 100, 
for what is that his third win is that right four what is he third. up to yep third win at western states uh and then he just snuck in a win down in cape town at utct in south africa um he dnf'd utmb and that was pretty much his year right there so yeah three three performances pretty impressive um who else do we got here I put Harvey Lewis uh, in my top five. He, of course, uh, the Bigs Backyard record, 354 miles, incredible. Um, he, But he he's such a strong runner uh, elsewhere. He won Badwater this year. Uh, he also was second at the long haul 100 in 1449 so he can run these things fast he was second at superior 100 which is a tough 100 miler in minnesota uh, he was third at strolling gym and he also did a 24-hour race that he won fans in 124.9 miles I mean, if I ran Big's Backyard and did 354, that would be my year. I'd be done, probably. <laughs> and he's also like 45 he's or 40, something? He just turned 45 this year, yeah. Yeah, so there's hope for all of us, I suppose, is the takeaway of, of Harvey Lewis, if nothing else. Yep. Um, Tyler Green was in my top five. And Tyler, of course, won Black Canyon. He was second at Western States 100. Um, he was third at Tillamook Burn and second at Coyote Wall. Uh, and then Nick Curry, he was in my top five. Uh, this guy had a hell of a year. <laughs> I it was he has so many races, and you know that he was doing most of them on with his like negative split mentality as just training, mm-hmm. where he is not recovering at all just going like race to race to race so of course uh you know anchoring his year was his performance at the end with desert solstice 173.015 american record um he on the voting ballot here he was listed as the six days in the dome 24 running 100 miles but he ran a 1320 there which is like one of the fastest 100 mile times of the year that wasn't even really listed on here. Um, he won a number of other ultras. So the Hot Foot Hamster, six hour, he did that. He ran 50 miles in under six hours, which is a great, like, that's great. Uh, Alexander County, 24 hour, he did that earlier in the year, did 148, which I think is one of the other top 24 hour performances of the year. He was fourth at the Run Rabbit Run 100, which is competitive. Um, he was third at Black Canyon. Uh, he won Whiskey Basin. He won Pass Mountain 50 Mile. He was third at Crown King Scramble. That's a big year. <laughs> he was competitive at most things. He won some big races. He was podium at some big races. So um, what you got? All right. Uh I feel like there was a lot of similarity between ours. A few additional folks uh, that I actually had in, and this one was kind of hard. I kind of was operating with like, did I actually narrow it down to 
I got it down to six. It's so for, it's so for, hard because I also was, there's so many other good ones. There wasn't a lot of like there was depth, but it, again, you're looking at two to three races for a lot of the folks. Um, the only two subs that I had uh, were uh, Anthony Costales uh, with the second place at Run Rabbit Run 100 Mile, uh, the win at Canyons, the win at Behind the Rocks, the win at Moab Red Hot. So did no worse than second place all year uh, and some pretty damn competitive fields. Uh, so obviously he's been on the map for a little bit, but uh, this was probably the broad, I mean, 34 or 55K through 100 mile, uh, just a really solid variety of work. Uh, and then Jeff Browning, because the man – just keeps doing what he does. Obviously had the DNF at Western States, uh, but still had a fifth place at Hard Rock, which was obviously an absurd year. Uh, the win at Mogollon Monster, the win at Blood Rock, and the win at Zion 100 Mile. So uh, only did 100 milers this year, but when you come out with three wins and uh, you know a fifth at Hard Rock at what, 50 years old. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to give you some shine there. So, so Jeff Browning was also, uh, sort of in my like top five or six bucket. Uh, but there were some young guns that were, if they had had broader or just had, like more results, I could see them definitely hopping in. Uh, and so I got to obviously shout out Adam Peterman, uh, two races, but the win at JFK and the win at speed goat, obviously, uh, brought him a lot of shine here at the end of the year. Uh, and then folks that we've talked about, uh, I'm not even sure if we talked about them on the pod a ton, but you and I have talked about, uh, you had, uh, Raj Panu, the greatest hair at project carbon X two, uh, with that second place there behind Jim, uh, and then turned around to win, uh, that, that USATF 100 or that 100K champ, uh, not to mom, or I believe that's how you pronounce it. Um, obviously, somebody to keep watching moving forward uh, because he is clearly uh, a t he's just a talent. That's just what we we've come to expect. He's dominating these road 100Ks, and so uh, love see to see him. what he we're going to see him do. at jackpot as well this year. Exactly, um, which is wild because he just did like cross country nationals for the Hoka Aggies down in Tallahassee last month. So if you want to talk about range, he's covering his bases. Um, and then uh, Zach Beaven, who was second oh. uh, to uh, Adam Peterman at JFK, um, but he also had that strolling gym uh, outright win and course record uh, knocking off four minutes from an Andy Jones course record back in 1991 so uh i mean all those guys in their 20s um and obviously ultra runners it seems more and more are hitting their stride uh in that in that 30s into 40s at this point uh and i guess apparently 50s because of jeff browning but um but those dudes are young they're hungry uh and they're tearing it up on these shorter road type scenes so looking forward to see uh what they do in 2022 and beyond uh yeah, it's gonna be great. Also, before we for, before we pass this on, uh, Jim, congratulations on the engagement. Oh yeah. So you might you might get Ultra Runner of the Year, but you've already won something in twenty twenty two. So congrats, buddy. That's Perfect. what I had. Uh, great. I got to shout out Scott Trayer real quick too. Um, 
he didn't have as many performances as some of the other guys as well, but uh, strong with a win at Hennepin in 1354. He also had a second place at Umstead in 1344, and then 152 at Desert Solstice, third place there. So I thought that was a solid year. But again, we just want to see more. We always want to see more. Three is not enough. <laughs> I mean, and this the thing is, to some degree, it felt like a lot of 2021 was a return to normalcy, but the first half of that year was still pretty jacked up. So, I mean, we, we, we'll we take it in stride. We realize that some folks might not have been out and about too too much uh, in 21, but in 22, we got it. We got to step it up. Um, but also, hey, if you want to do some sub ultra stuff, I'm still trying to get on this hype train for making something happen during the world championships. Like, Let's please get people uh, to, to just show up to the start line. Let's build that community up. Uh, we got a lot of comp- competitive races uh, all across the country. We need to get better eyes on what the hell's happening in the Midwest. We got to make sure our flatlanders get supported so that folks aren't getting surprised by the uh, the Arlen Glicks of the world when they get to show up to a big time race. So 2022 going to be exciting. However, we got to talk about top performance, just outright, straight up one performance on the men's and women's side, because we talked about the body of work for these specific runners. But if somebody's had a standout performance, they still get rewarded uh, for their efforts, uh, so long as it occurred in a race scenario. So, on the let's start with the women. We'll yep. go back to the women's side. Uh, you said you had to submit five. I'm not going to make you necessarily uh rank order how those went unless you have it in front of you but i mean i uh, do we could we could do it um courtney dewalter for utmb course record i gave as performance of the year that's fair that's fair (laughs) uh and then i actually had a couple of camille herons next uh maybe i'm biased possibly but javelina i thought that was a pretty incredible performance um her desert solstice the the track hundred mile uh, record, uh, and then I had Des Linden her world record fifty k, and then in fifth was Sarah Beal, Promised Land fifty k. Uh, believe this was a long standing um, twenty year old course record. She beat it by twenty minutes. Hmm. Ran a five oh three. So I know that's a, a long-standing race, and for it for her to throw down and beat that record by 20 minutes, I thought was pretty special. She also was second at JFK, so one to one to watch from Ohio. I'll tell you those Midwest Great Lakes flat places with lake effect snow, especially Godspeed out there right now. Um, cool, I'm with that. I can support pretty much all this. Again, a lot of depth on the women's side. Uh, Personally, I had to give the nod to Des in the 50K on the roads, uh, mostly because, one, first woman ever go sub three hours, um, but two, that it was – okay, I'm going to say this, and I already know how people are going to hear it, but I'm just going to go with it anyway. It was the largest stretch of expectations that we have for, for a runner. So what I mean by that is in terms of where we thought their floor or where we thought their ceiling was, I think 
you know, if Dez would have ran 305, 304, you know, like we would have been perfectly fine. Okay, we know that we joke about, you know, 50K is only what, six more miles than a marathon, but a lot can happen in those six. Uh, she just like went above and beyond. Yes, she had a like a pacer out there to assist, but uh, it's something she had never done before. And she absolutely smashed uh, by seven minutes the, the previous record. So, um, so that's why I would have that ahead of Courtney, only because even by Courtney's own admission, this UTMB race like wasn't perfect. Um, there was still area for her to grow. We obviously knocking down Rory's uh, course record is insane, especially on the new course. It's even more difficult, uh, but there's still time to be milked out of i don't know how you want to what, what am i trying to say yeah, we're milking it okay correct so so i think that, that that's why yes but i don't disagree with any of the other performances obviously yeah. that uh uh i don't disagree with that take either i think that's legit yeah. jaw-dropping performance for sure it's all right well we just got i, I want to see her on some some rockier surfaces i want to see des on a black canyon i want to see des yeah. i mean hell even send her to to a I mean, Tunnel Hill, I guess, is yeah, like yeah, it's got yeah. a couple pebbles on the trail or whatever. JFK, um, maybe. JFK would actually be pretty legit. Yeah, um, that would be awesome. So we'll see in due time. Uh, what about the men's side? What you got? Yeah, for the men, I think it's, I don't know, I think it's obvious, but Nick Curry's Desert Solstice 24 hour American record. Um, second for me was Zach Beaven, Strolling Jim. Uh, that course record is insane. Um, the fact that, yeah, it's just that is a, that is a crazy performance. They were starting to put up prize money every year that was growing year to year, and uh, he finally cashed in on that. Um, yeah, old record was three fifty nine in nineteen ninety one. We're talking about a forty one mile race, and he ran a three fifty five. So. Well, that's that's a rate that's one for the ages right there i think um i had jim walmsley carbon x2 next and then i had harvey lewis big's backyard and in fifth i had bob hearn bowl state again all solid choices can't can't really fault you for any of those um yeah I'm sure I, was... I missed some what you got oh yeah no you definitely did um <laughs> We all do. It's fine. It's a, it's a lot of information to take in. Um, I was sort of torn in the same three at the top there. Um, I personally would have given the nod, like, just on the merits to Jim's Carbon X2 performance. Um, again, I think just broadly as a community, we tend to discredit or not as highly rank road ultras i don't know why carbon plated shoes or something whatever but um but i think to come within 12 seconds of the world record after like whatever adversity the lack of pace or like however you want to frame it uh to just like gut out that type of performance especially also coming out of like very early on coming out of the pandemic and quarantines and not really racing and to just like key in that hard that long and come so close to the record. Um, that would be my top performance. However, much like the NBA, 
they tend to not try to give all the awards to the same person, especially year after year. Um, and so that's where I kind of think that uh, that Nick will should be deserving of uh, performance of the year for the Desert Solstice American record run that he threw down there. Um, not just because of the fact that it was an American record, but how it was accomplished. It wasn't a show up and hold on for dear life. The fact that he actually like, mm strategically executed the race in the manner that he did, I think actually lends like more uh, kudos points, however you want to frame it uh, to that performance, because, you know, when Camille set the record at worlds, it was because she went out like way too damn hard. And then just like, was like miscalculating splits. And so it was like almost a matter of happenstance. Obviously like, she had the fitness to carry through and finish it. Um, but like, I think if most of us showed up to any race, road race, trail race, and just like went out from the gun and was just like, oh, I'm way ahead of pace. And then like, let me just hold on. We wouldn't say that was like a fantastic, fantastically executed race. It was just like we we excelled sort of in spite of ourselves. And I think that Nick, uh, based on the execution of how he did it, should be rewarded for the intelligence behind it. So that's what I'd say that. Otherwise, I think you're top five. We're sort of pretty much on on the ball. But we're going to see some stuff. And also, damn it, next year we're going to make sure Road Ultras get their shine because just because you don't live by dirt or you only live around dirt that happens to be farms and you can't run through it, so you have to run mostly roads, we're going to make sure you get your your, your credit too. So. Well, most of my performance of the year is where roads we're talk, or roads or tracks. <laughs> we're talking solstice on a track. Strolling dim gym is a road. Carbon X2 is a road. Big's Backyard is half road. And then Vol State is road. We're yeah, here. no, I'm saying I'm saying yeah. broad, I didn't say you. Oh, okay. No, I'm not accusing the broader, you. Say, I'm one, the broader I'm one voter. Community. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Broader community as a whole. I think, you know, we don't well, part of it's the fact that USATF isn't great at marketing their <laughs> ultras. And, and, and just trail championships. Um, but part of it's just like, hey, we don't really think of, like if you're at a group run, most people aren't saying, hey, I signed up for this road ultra, like regardless of geography. I think that there's, I don't know if it's because of how pretty running in the mountains and on trails are, or some people are like, I moved to the trails to save my knees, whatever excuse they have. Like, I just don't think that there's as much attention and I mean, somebody could run the analysis on participation rates in road ultras versus trail ultras. Um, but I think that we, as a community, should also celebrate those performances, even if they happen on asphalt versus packed dirt. Amen. That's it. That's cool. Uh, We're all on the same grind. You all walk funny the next day. so I do want to whatever. touch on the age group performances Real quick, I'm going to give yeah. out my top five on each as well. So female side, uh, Beverly Abs at age – first off, she just had a stellar – I mean, a small but stellar year. She's 57 now, but she won Vol State, which I thought was impressive. Um, she also, again, won Jed Smith 50 and was second at Paiute Meadows 50K. So she's just always crushing it. Um, but I thought that was, uh, yeah, at 57 to win Volstate, I think is pretty impressive. Uh, Megan Canfield, 
Where'd that one go? Lost it. Seriously, where did it go? Uh, I'll support you here. It was you. Uh, the 60 year old ran a 1501 at Waldo 100K. Uh, I was looking at her Jed Smith. Oh, see, now, now you're making me do all sorts of weird stuff. Where did she go? Did she disappear from my chart? Her, she has, what's her last name? What's her other last name, right? Canfield. Are you adding a letter there? C A N F? Maybe. Oh my gosh. I don't know what I did. Listen, on the merits of the Waldo, I was like, all right, that's legit. Top 50 overall, 13th female. Oh, at here we go. 60. Come on. Come on. There it is. Okay. Different list. Waldo, Jed Smith, 411. I don't know why I gave it to that one, but I did. There you go. Okay, what else do we have? Luann Park, Whiskey Basin, uh, at age 60, she got second place. Uh, Also, shout out to Shirley Fee, who at age 80 ran and finished the Headlands 50 mile. And Gian Springer, Desert Solstice, uh 135 miles at age 50 so sometimes you just get it for like showing up and getting it done like for instance at age 80 i thought that was pretty damn impressive in 1708 um bob hearn for the men uh was my top pick for age group performance he won the race and set the course record at age 55 um Scotty Mills uh, finished Hard Rock at age 70. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Fiji's Six Days in the Dome. He got second overall with 501 miles at age 55. Uh, Wally Heseltine. At age 78, ran Tunnel Hill 100 in 26.11. And then Jeff Browning, age 50, won Mogollon Monster. And I feel like he's just going to blow up this age group list from now until eternity. (laughs) It's just like going to be unfair for quite some time because he's just going to outright be winning everything. Yeah. Yeah, he's like a... The Nick Willis of ultra running. I'm just like, ah, old man, I'm just going to keep crushing it for as long as I can. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't. All of those. All those. The age group one's kind of wild too, because you know, like, obviously everybody has personal circumstance, how they get to the line and all that. But when you're like, yo, you were, you were old as hell and you were just out there grinding. Like, Sure, you might have more free time if you're retired or something. But other than that, like... There's a lot of guys in their 50s that are still winning races outright. So I got to shout out some other ones here. So, like, Ruperto Romero, 57. You know, he's won AC now a couple times. You know, he won Sean O'Brien 100K. Granted, there were 30 finishers, but still, he won that race. 
this year. He also won Beyond Limits 24-hour with 128. Shout out to Rich Hanna, who won Jed Smith in 550 at age 56. Like, these guys are crushing it. It's awesome. All right. Did we, that was it. Did we cover it? I think, I, think we, I think we ran through. And if you don't agree with this, comment oh, below, well. tag us on yeah. Twitter. I don't care. Yeah. I'll read it in a week. Give us your now. vote. We want to hear the people that are arguing for the Midwesterners. I don't know. We, we, we showed some love, but we could, we could show more love. Um, well, really, we need to find out if the, the, final, the final rankings, the final top tens show love to the Midwest, the final performance of the year. Yes. So look if out the for other, those. If the other voters, time. you know, what they did. So, um, yeah, we will be keeping an eye on those. And obviously, we'll discuss on this show as soon as they come out. You know what those actual picks were hey but we have feelings we shared them with you make sure you share yours in the comments below in the discord let's keep this conversation going uh and let's uh, have some recency bias all right let's uh make sure that we're <laughs> putting shine on things uh throughout the year especially because the calendar starts this weekend like we are we are back in it for for twenty twenty. Well, technically, across the years, well, yeah, performances should count for next year already. So, we'll see. Dude, how the hell are we in twenty twenty two already? The year's already oh. one one percent over. So get after it. <laughs> do you follow that Twitter account? No. Yeah. Why would I do that? It's I, like, I have too much anxiety as it is. It's like the year to. in progress, and they just. They tweet every time. It's like the year is two percent over. The year is three percent over. <laughs> I, I just like being blissfully unaware until there's like two months left to go, and I'm like, oh, I'm so far off all of my yearly goals, running wise, and then make a mad dash to try to make up for it. Yeah, we won't be in this boat. 2022 will be better. Yes, um, dude, what is happening this weekend? What? Is happening this weekend. There is uh, <laughs> there is uh, the golden ticket race, first golden ticket race of 2022. Uh, Bandera 100K is happening. Uh, yeah, that's what's happening. All right, should we talk cool. about it? We should talk about it. Okay. Um, I feel like that's going to be the thing that everybody is uh, aggressively refreshing their Twitter feeds for because somehow this race is still impossible to follow along other than Twitter. Uh, yeah. We really, well, gotta, we really got to make that happen. Yeah. We were trying to, I was trying to see if we could go out there and, and help out, but dude, I I'm, I'm stretched thin. I'll be honest. And I'm not going to sacrifice my running right now. I'm not going to do it. Okay. So you'll, you'll have to just wait for black Canyon for, for, for better coverage. Uh, <laughs> So it looks like a great field. Um, there's golden tickets on the line, and some names we just talked about will definitely be showing up and towing the line. So a quick rundown. This is I'm just gonna go straight to I Run Far here because they did sift through the run sign up horrible participants list. There's no rankings. It's not ultra sign up. So yeah. Hey, thank you I Run Far for doing. The dirty work. The work, yep. So, uh, Ash, Ashley Arnold, this is in alphabetical order by last name. Ashley Ash Arnold. Ash also has it, yep. Yeah. Great. Uh, 
Ashley Arnold, uh, sixth at the Leadville 100. We got Sarah Beal, who we talked about, second at JFK 50 Mile. Addie Bracey, first run, rabbit, run. Marianne Hogan was second at UT Cape Town recently. Michelle Magan- Magnagna, 11th at Western States. So she's looking to get back in. Taylor Nolan, uh, second at Speed Goat. Ellie Pell was first at the Visual Crest 100K. Riley Brady, Vigil Crest 100-mile champion. Uh, Sarah Pizzo, fourth at the Run Rabbit Run in 2018. Denali Strabel uh, was second at the Kasugi Ridge Traverse. We got Callie Yuhan, uh, third at the Neverstrummer 100K. You got Devin Yanko, third at JFK. Uh, Leah Yingling, who you just talked about, first at bootlegger 50k but she did a lot more than that and then arden young was first at quad dipsy uh we were just talking about that arden and uh rod who both won quad dipsy are lined lining up so Mm -hmm. there are your at least according to i run far your top women's contenders for the golden tickets um all right so none of them actually are in the race yet uh, has anybody got sponsor s- slots? I mean, oh, in no. Western states, yeah. So they're oh, none of them are. I don't believe. I mean, off the top of my head, unless somebody has an obscure sponsorship spot that I am sure not aware of. I mean, Addy might be the only one who would be in the mix for that. Um, yeah, that means this is going to be what is it? what is it? Gunslinger Saloon? I don't know. There's some Texas lingo that we can pull out of nowhere. Uh, we didn't pick up enough while we were at the running event, apparently. But uh, it should be a showdown. It should be fun to yep. not get to watch live, but hear about after the fact uh, in terms of the specifics of how it all played out. Um, that's a deep women's field. Not surprising at all, but that is that's that's kind of an anyone's game situation. Uh especially coming out of the winter doldrums uh, where some people have been racing recently and some people we have not seen in, in quite some time. So that's a, uh, it's going to be a good fight. Going to be a good fight. Absolutely. Do we have any insights on the men's field? Well, I'll go through the list to start out with. Yeah, that works. Do it. All right. Uh, Ryan Miller, who won this last year, Mm-hmm. I was about to say this year, but that was a year ago now. Uh, Chris Danucci. Uh, we got Rod Farvard, who we talked about was first at Quad Dipsy. Tyler Fox won Bighorn last year. He was also fourth at Black Canyon. Uh, David Hedges won the Ultra Trail Huracana. Austin Horn, Aravipa Racing Team member, third at Quad Dipsy. Dominic Layfield, uh, fourth at Ray Miller, 50 mile. Let's see. We have Joe McConaughey. There we go. Fourth at Havelina. So he's chasing that ticket. It sounds mm-hmm. like he is not done yet. Uh, Miguel Medina, fourth at Bandera last year. Jeremy Pope, first at Bigfoot, 50K. Jonathan Ree, Dead Horse 50 Mile Champ, and Brian Byron Yoder, Bear Chase 100K. 
One name they left off, which I saw because I follow him on Instagram. He's fired up about it actually being left off the list. Uh, was our fifth place Black Canyon 100K finisher from last year, Daniel Dalmres from Minnesota. So he was just like couple minute or yeah, a couple minutes behind Tyler Fox and a couple seconds ahead of Mark Batres. So, mm-hmm. hey, wouldn't have been a miss if bandera had a better sign up system but they don't so (laughs) but we we know the truth uh which is you gave a man who's right in the middle of that whole competitive mix bulletin board fodder uh to get amped up and and tear it up this weekend so uh so thanks i run far for stoking the fire uh yeah no that's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting race uh obviously ryan the defending champion uh, was a DNF at Western this year. Um, but I think by his own admission going into Western, this was sort of a let's just figure out 100 miles and like try to have some fun with it. So with a uh, with an extra an extra year under his belt, at least, well, I guess functionally an extra six months under his belt since Western. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he, how he takes off and uh, if he can repeat. And give Nike Trail a uh, early victory, because based on sponsor moves, might be one of the only ones they get this year. We'll find out. Uh, so yeah, it'll be good times. Do we track? Do we track weight race wins by sponsor level ever? <laughs> I do in my own head. Um, but but yeah, no, I that that's something we can maybe that'll be, be kind of fun. Running project. Would uh, we pick like? I mean, you wouldn't pick every race, but maybe you pick like a certain couple competitive races per month and put together a, a, a little series. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to figure out like a certain level of competitiveness that that field normally has. But yeah, I think we can we could definitely track that along the way. Uh, I mean, it's a lot more it's a lot more entertaining than what was it Urock tried to do. <laughs> With the team sponsor, the team what, challenge. What everyone uh, tries to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like so, run rabbit run or something. Is that put, the one? Put yeah, up like exactly you pay like $20,000 for your team of three. That's what it and was. You, yep. It's a gambling ring basically. Yeah. Hey, you know, <laughs> it, was, really it was one of those things where you like, you're sitting around drinking with your buddies and you're like, oh, this would be cool. And it, And then you tried to do it and you're like, no. Hey, listen. I'm, if you want to try to be innovative, I'm not mad at that. <laughs> We've got we got to nail the execution of such things yeah. a little better. Um, but it's okay. Hey, hey, we're we'll we'll do the work for you guys. We'll let you know which sponsors are actually crushing the game, not just the ones that you see this time of year because all the new ambassadorships and sponsorships have dropped. We'll tell you who's actually on top of the throne uh, as we continue to move through 2022. When that parlays into our next topic, right? Are we going to talk on that much at all, or go for it? You go know what? It. Let's launch into it. We we talked about it at the running event. We talked a little bit about it uh, at the last uh, recording of this podcast. But, yo, it's New Year, end of contracts. People are moving, and there are many chips still left to fall. We've seen a lot of people announce that they are leaving particular sponsors. Not 
all those same people uh, have let us know where they are going to end up. So uh, I'm sure throughout January, uh, as we're, we're chatting, we'll, we'll bring you up to speed. But there have been some significant moves. Obviously, there were significant moves months ago uh, that we've been been tracking for quite some time, uh, namely the Killian leaving Solomon component. Uh, but we've had some new ones drop uh, as of late. So what, what has caught your eye in the the mutt space in terms of sponsor shakeups? Yeah, I mean, Killian's the biggest one. Of course, that's now effective, I think, as of January 1. So we'll see what comes of that. Um, I think I did catch Sage Candidate is staying with Hoka for mm-hmm. a few years, maybe. I think like three. Yeah, three years at least. So um, there, it seems like a bit of an exodus from North Face. I don't know if that is just like a coincidence of timing on the part of certain athletes or if they just literally can't figure out how to make a trail running shoe um, that works for anyone. I don't know. Like if they're just totally exiting from the space. Uh, Dylan Bowman, um, Hillary Allen both announced they're no longer working with North Face, um, which leaves who... Who's still running with North Face is the question. I guess Patty, Patty uh, O'Leary, uh, Rob, Corey, Rob Carr. I assume I've not followed up yeah. on Rob. I guess they have. Right. They still have a team. I guess Corey so. Wolfring. Yeah, uh, Olivia Amber just left Solomon to go to North Face. Oh, okay. So um, okay, so, so they're they they're are. not exiting anywhere. They're they're sticking. They're just sh- shuffling the deck. Yeah, which I mean supply chain issues uh you know there there's some of these companies that just have smaller budgets uh yeah. because they are not moving as much product because the product itself is not moving uh into stores at this time so so there might have been a little bit of that uh for many of these companies um but yeah north face has definitely saw some some movement um for as many road athletes as i've seen now go to ultra uh did see that schlarb uh, announced today that he is leaving Ultra uh, after their uh, change of management and all these things, which would coincide with many more road athletes than going to Ultra. So we'll see if there's any more shakeups uh, in the Ultra space uh, as it relates to them. Uh, and then everybody else has kind of been par for the course. We're kind of waiting to hear a bit about. I think Dakota is leaving Solomon. We mm-hmm. did see that one. And everything else is pretty status quo on on the mutt side. Um, however, before we hopped on, you said you had saw a tweet or a a hypothesis about <laughs> some of these activities. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, just can you yeah pull pull that bad boy up um, and then synthesize it for for the folks uh, in a nutshell? Yeah, this, this is. Um... Let's see here. So this is people are speculating about Dylan, who he's going to go with. And I kind of thought this too at first is that he would go to Hoka um, for whatever reason. But he says, spoiler, it's not Hoka. He says this on Twitter. And then replying to that is Gary Robbins just jumping in (laughs) unannounced. Here's a fun, completely out of left field guess that both Debo and Dakota, along with a few others, 
will be athletes under Killian. Net new Killian Journey yet to be announced endeavor. All incredible athletes, all with a strong and better environmental conscience. Interesting. So you threw that at me like a grenade. A grenade. Just before we started rolling the intro. And I was like, you can't just... I mean, in fairness, we never prepare for the show, but you got to give me either no notice or way more notice for that sort of thing. Um, But I actually think that might not be a horrible guess because uh, on the Morning Shakeout podcast, Dylan uh, was... I guess it was kind of a co-podcast because uh, it'll be cross-released on Dylan's free trail uh, podcast as well. But Mario Frioli, Dylan Bowman were chatting about uh, their lives, the state of their respective businesses, and so on and so forth. Um, and they're holding a piece of that conversation to exclusively be released on free trail. So it hasn't dropped yet, but they were talking a bit about Dylan's sponsor moves. And Dylan was talking about how he wanted it to be a company uh, that would not just sponsor him, but also sponsor the podcast, be the title sponsor of said podcast of the free trail podcast. Uh, But as he was talking about it, he let a little something slip when he was talking about the individual sponsoring the podcast, not the, not the brand, not the company said the individual sponsoring. Did you think much of that when you heard it at first or is it it all connected? I was literally, literally I didn't put it together in that exact moment, but I was driving and I was like, huh, that's an interesting, like, Like that's an odd way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause you don't think about like, Hey, I'm talking to the brand sponsorship coordinator about, you know, of Casper to like get me to sell mattresses or whatever you think about the brand. So he said the individual I was talking to and I was like, huh, weird. And then you drop that bit of knowledge or Gary dropped that bit of knowledge that you then spread uh, broadly. And it makes perfect Rumor sense mill. because you would be chatting with probably Killian specifically about that type of venture. And like, if you're talking about expanding out of just being a, professional just being in the running space and like doing broader good for the community and for uh just like the global ecosystem it all works hand in hand and then you're like all right sure skyler you're coming out of left field with that but here we go also in the podcast network on free trail so you get trust society also in the mix with the free trail podcast so it, this whole synergy makes perfect sense. Listen, you heard it here first. I think I well, think you kind of heard you kind of heard it from Gary first. You okay, heard it from Gary, Gary first, Gary. but not <laughs> yeah. But we will, uh, yes, we will. We will yes and improv style Gary's work uh, and sort of co-sign it. Uh, man, Gary dropped out of Barkley. He's like with this new free time. I'm out here. He's like. Over here with a whiteboard he's, connecting. He's like TMZ of Ultra. <laughs> that's 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 uh that's a terrifying you said that and it like just froze my brain. That was a terrifying thought of like what would happen if we were like outside athlete hotels before ultras being like, hey, what do you think of oh. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so that's where we're at. Um, <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna be me at cross nationals this week. Like, hey Molly, talk to me about no. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. where we're. That's where the mountain outpost is headed. We're just going to be that annoying 
annoying people doing stuff like that. I mean, that. we used – when we first started this, we are like, we're going to be like the cable news of the ultra space because, like, we'll dive into the news and just, like, give opinions and thoughts and maybe even ask folks questions on occasion. Uh, like, you know, well-researched cable news, not just talking heads, <laughs> yelling things. Um, this last three minutes notwithstanding. But <laughs> – but TMZ might actually be more, more our brand. It could be more entertaining. Entertaining yeah. is good. We do All it. Right. We do it for the. We do it for the crew. Um, yeah, and then on the, the the flat run flat side of the house, um, I actually haven't talked about this yet. Uh, we talked about at TRE that Connor Mance had gone pro. He was going to be running the trail half marathons, and dude, I would have put a small wager because I'm still broke, but I would have, I would have put a, 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 a little bit of money on him going to Saucony. I said as much, how do you not how, Saucony? How did you screw this up? How? Okay. <laughs> Connor Mance went to Nike as did every college athlete who left after the cross country season, you know, Charlie Hunter, Cooper tier, Cole Hawker had already gone. Um, but like you literally have Jared Ward, the other notable Provo resident, like those are the only two people think of like in road running and in, in track running is Jared Ward, Connor Mance. Those are the two men that you have in Provo. You got one job. Jared literally trains with the BYU team and you couldn't convert him. Sakini, you, you, you screwed up. I don't know how you did it. We literally had an inside man. He probably, I in my mind, I got to be like, hey, he would have taken less money to be a part of that company, and I don't know how that happened. So Connor Manson with Nike, a bunch of people are leaving. Uh, oh, the big one is really the Bowerman Track Club is the next group to be blown up at this point. Um, we talked a bit about uh, how Hoka NAZ Elite had a bunch of the men leave Bowerman. We've now seen several of the women leave. Uh, most recently, Emily Enfeld uh, announced. I believe just a couple days ago uh, that she's leaving Bowerman. Uh, the difference with Bowerman is that pretty much every one of those athletes is still a Nike athlete. They are just getting out from under the shadow of Bowerman. And the past year that they had, uh, more specifically the Shelby Houlihan incident. So we'll see what that means. Don't think a lot of them are going to go to Union Athletic Club because that name is trash. Um, also, it's a mid-distance group. But yeah. That's that's where we're at. Maybe Nike will put together yet another training group uh, that will live in uh, strategic skepticism. So get excited for that. But more sponsor moves are coming. More announcements will be forthcoming, and we will track them all here so you guys know what brand of shoes to buy so that you can look like your favorite athlete and run about 60% as fast as they do because I know that's my general path to success. Any anything in the chat from our thirty-five viewers <laughs> tonight? Feel free to jump in. Uh, not a whole lot. There was a Sal of Sally McRae for Badwater vote. Um, what else okay. do we got here? Is there an Aravipa Runner of the Year for Aravipa races? No, but there probably should be. That would be pretty cool. Be cool. I mean, that gets tricky because you guys have, you have an actual series. 
We have and a then, couple different series. There's like the Night Insomniac. There's right, it would be pretty series. cool. I mean, there could be a con- there could be lots of cool awards like most miles raced. You know, it could be more data driven where it's just like this is this is the metric who won most miles raced or most hundred miles or something. Uh, you could do I don't know what else you could do most races uh, fastest something. Yeah, there could be some cool stuff there for sure. Rookie of the year. Yeah, your rookie of the year is going to be like eight every time. There's just like these little kids that just show up at Air Viper races and go wild. Eight-year-old? Eight year old? Yeah, it's like, oh, well, you got to give it to them. Like this, this child, this elementary school student just ran a 50K. Like made me look bad because they somehow got through it with no stomach issues because they've been eating Dunkaroos their entire <laughs> life and I can't even do dairy but it's fine I'm not mad about it anyway I mean my kid did 20 miles at across the years in four exactly days, in four days I don't think he gets so, an award for that but he gets your he gets your love that's the award uh, did you guys discuss FKT of the year we didn't but we should next week I think that's yeah. a great idea we'll dig into it that'll be next week's chat. Um, Zach Fairchild, are you guys considering any special guests on the podcast this year? I think we should. I think it's time. We've done a year a year of us, and now we can do a year of you. <laughs> All of you. I don't know. We should have had fun. Gary on. Ga- that would be hilarious. See, that's the kind of stuff we need to get into. Gary, what's your theory? Explain. Like, really weird guests, though. We're not just going to get a guest on and be like, how is your what is your update on your life? What's happening? We're gonna do more. We're gonna do weird. Yeah, I, we're not the interview type. No. Like, tell us about your race. That mm-hmm. sounds fun. How did you train for it? Oh, you hour? just won this race. Tell us. Tell us all about it. Mm-mm. Which we do want to know, but there's plenty of people doing that. Correct. Yes. There's 15 other hours of content that you can absorb to get that. How we want to know. Why we want to know, you know, was it a breakup that fueled you? That's the funniest thing. Okay, quick, quick aside. Have you listened to the Coffee Club podcast recently? Like Morgan McDonald, Ollie Hoare, Jordy Beamish. No, they have this running theory, which I will at some point try to extend to ultras. Um, but Ollie races well in the honeymoon phase of relationships. And then when relationships are going absolutely horrible, like if it's just like normal milk toast, middle of the road, status quo, what just looks like a healthy relationship, he does not race well. And we're talking about a guy who was, what, an Olympic finalist in the 1500 meters. So I think there's something to that. I think people run out of, uh, you know, angst as fuel sometimes uh, or just like. Wait, so if the relationship's right. not going well, they run well? If it's going absolutely horribly or it's going like that first honeymoon phase, they run well. And then like mediocrity of the relationship, everything's fine, we're fine, leads to everything's fine, we're fine, but like nothing spectacular racing. Think about it. Mull it over. Find some case studies in your head. We don't have to discuss them. I can put people on blast. I'm just saying it's an operational hypothesis that was triggered by that line of thought. Anyway. Moving on, what else is happening in the chat? Yeah, there's actually, we're starting to get some good stuff now. Um, (laughs) 
Ryan Mayer, uh, Solomon. This is what I was saying earlier, especially when I, once I heard that Killian was leaving to potentially start his own company, I immediately said they should have done what Nike did with with Jordan Brand. Like in mm-hmm. hindsight, that would have been freaking genius. Give Killian his own line, like Jornay, and then you build that up. And you put him as the head of that, and you just go all in on Jornet brand, uh, and that becomes like its own entity within Solomon, and you split it all. You know, you split it, and you work together to make that thing its own. You have Jornet athletes. You do the more environmental conscious. You do like the crazy gear, maybe. I don't know what the what it would be, but uh, yeah, hindsight is is twenty twenty. We'll see, but that. That would have that would have been a perfect example of something where like Jordan Brand, Jordan A. Brand. There you go. There it is. Uh, from Bill Hart Davidson, did you mention that Gary Robbins withdrew from Barkley? We briefly mentioned it, but there is a a long Instagram post Bark uh, where Gary Robbins uh, announced he he would he did have a spot in Barkley and he withdrew. Uh, just yesterday or was it today yes today it's maybe today um thank you gary but yeah uh gotta prioritize like yeah that's prioritizing spending more time with this kid um you know and i think you know it is it is a lot of training to get ready for that thing and you know he's been in that cycle for a bunch of years and yeah, I think it's it's great that he um you know has taken that that time and prioritization. So uh and I mean he did he the whole situation around his like you know his barely missed finish is just so crazy too, but he essentially finished the damn race, you know. So mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really it's tricky. Um yeah, I mean, it, and it's not a race where it's, hey, I've done this before. Like, e- even if you consider you finished five loops, like, let's just take that. You you ran the distance of five loops. It's not as easy, like, let's just replicate that exact training the exact same way. And, like, we'll have success. Just don't go the wrong way with four miles to go or whatever it is, right? Like, it, it's not that simple, you know? that Not only in terms of how absurd Barkley specifically as a race is and how the course is different from year to year, but also age and time. And the fact that your kids are getting like, there, there are just different considerations where it's like, I can't necessarily dedicate exactly the same way. My body doesn't allow for certain things. And so, you know, it's a, it's, it's a wise move. Like it's actually just a wise move to be like, Hey, I, I am not in this space right now. And just because my name is in the hat for something and I've already you know, paid an entry fee or whatever, uh, doesn't mean you have to go and put yourself through it just for the sake of saying you did it. Um, you know? Yeah. And if you're not feeling that fire, especially for that race, I mean, you've really got to get after it. Um, I know he, he also mentioned he trained all out for like the cascade crest and didn't have the race he wanted. I don't think, I also think he had a crazy travel issue. Um, but yeah, he's had kind of some off and on years, even training. I mean, he's also 45 now too. Um, not to say he he's not capable of finishing, right. which he fully is, I'm sure. 
I mean, Harvey Lewis is also, you know, towing the line at Barkley this year um, and is definitely getting after it. So, um, but yeah, someone in the wait in the uh, chat room asked, where am I on the wait list now? Uh, all I'm going to say is thank you, Gary. <laughs> so I will try and honor your withdrawal. Sick. Uh, Zach Fairchild, did Skizzle Fresh announce the 100K that he is entering this year? No, I don't think I called it by name, but we can do it because that's the thing. It. It's the registration list is out there. Uh, yeah, I'm doing the Miwok 100K. It's going down here in the Bay Area because nothing says, let's do your first trail 100K. Like, let's also add like thousands and thousands of feet of vert. So, so yeah, we're gonna get it. We're gonna get after it. Um, it's gonna be wild to try to train for that during track season. That's gonna be an interesting uh, new wrinkle. Normally, uh, I don't have many uh, many races with elevation at all occurring in in the fall or excuse me in the spring. Uh, usually because I have to be at practice. A lot of my runs have to happen on the track just because of logistics. Um, but twenty twenty two, you know, it we're I'm going to bet on myself as a runner for, for maybe the first time ever, uh, you know, when the run flat vlog sort of channel are started on a whim accidentally. Thanks Carson. Um, you, you know, that's like, I, I made no, uh, like I cast no aspersions about like who I am as an athlete and how good I am. Like I never was like, Oh, I'm going to be elite. like, no, nah, like I am pretty mediocre across the board. You know, I'm the person who ran the 400 hurdles, and be steeplechase in college because I'm like okay across a lot of different things. Um, in 2020, it was like, all right, this is gonna be the year, and then COVID. And then 2021, I was like, all right, for real this time. And then I ended up living in a hotel for two and a half months in the summer for work. So this year, I've got a lot of things on, got a lot of things on the horizon. But um, you know, I'm just gonna get a commit to running. Like obviously, the day job is important and. We're not through the pandemic and there's a lot of other things going on in the world, but, um, but I think I can carve out enough away from the professional space, away from the coaching space to really like double down on really seeing what I can do as a runner this year. That starts this Saturday, trying to knock down that 10 K PR, um, and just get a baseline for where I'm at and then do a couple tune up. I'll, I'll, I guess races, but really they're just like, Hey, let's just extend the long run uh, until May. And that first weekend of May, we're going to get weird around uh, the headlands in the North Bay. And we're going to see what these old bones can do. And then, <laughs> and then I'm going to go on a bachelor party and, and try not to hurt myself there. And then get into a weird summer of a few races, a wedding, and then trying to figure out what the hell the fall looks like between cross country and hopefully taking one final crack at, uh, at some of these faster, shorter PRs. So that's it. That's 2022 in a nutshell. As much as Jamil is, we're holding him accountable. I guess you guys can all hold me accountable to betting on me for once. Love it. Uh, Live stream the bachelor party. Hell no. 
uh <laughs> that's gonna be there'll be that'll be a very interesting vlog series uh, <laughs> i'll put it that way um no it'll be just just go to the tre vlogs uh that jamil put on the run steep page it's like that but with more clubs and more pools that's probably it yeah all right all right <laughs> hey man it's for it's for all of our own goods dude. all right another <laughs> bit of news i saw from bill hart davidson wardian is making an attempt to run across the u.s i did see that hmm. shocker like <laughs> yeah, I mean. he's like building out a camper van he's starting in san francisco he's running i think us 50 the whole way coast to coast so Sometime Sweet. this summer, I guess, or something like that. Seems like a Wardian thing to do at some point. Lifelong exactly. dream. So Yeah. No, that's, that's going to be light work for him. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Um, that, that's where those... What What is the crazy large, the new Hoka shoe that came out? The 10-9? Oh, there's a new no, one? Not, not the one. No, I mean, it's from like... It was like released just before Havelina. So like October, not the one with the crazy heel. The ten nine. Uh, yeah, that no nobody's ever seen that in a store. There's one called um, the Mock. I I think was that the one it was. It's like the it was basically like an even thicker, like Carbon X type shoe. I, I mean, I'd be interested to see what his shoe choice is for, for this sort of endeavor. That's all. Mm. I just speaking of road ultras, that's about as road ultra as it gets. So. I mean, unless you're Kostelnik, but <laughs> is that that's anything true. else going down in the chat? That I mean, that's about it. So it, we we did get a little good there for a minute. So appreciate Sam and Bill and Ryan and Crispin and Zach. Did I say that already? No, I didn't. Uh, thank you guys for hopping in and and uh, giving us something to continue on here. So hey, we've at least yeah. surpassed our like average podcast again. Like. Hey, over an hour and a half. Starting strong. That's right. Starting strong. That's right. That's right. So sounds like we need to figure out some of the tech on getting a guest in, at least for part of the show. Um, So we'll have to figure out who might fit that bill. Uh, It might be a good addition to bring in for maybe part of it. Be pretty cool. Cool. Maybe we'll even pre-schedule these so that you guys even know what's happening and doesn't just pop up randomly at like 9 p.m. wherever you live. But until we figure all that out, that's why you got to make sure you subscribe to the Mountain Outpost <laughs> YouTube channel and then hit that bell next to the subscribe button so that when we do go live, you get a push notification. You're like, oh, it's popping off right now. Let me get online. Um, but obviously, you can always check this out after the fact on the YouTube page and on the Steep Life Media channel on your podcatcher of choice, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts these days. I don't know. I don't go back and listen to this one specifically because we have a text chain for that. Me, I just harassed Jamil and That's make right. sure he's running. So you can you can do the same sort of thing without Jamil's personal number in the Discord. If you haven't joined, uh, go ahead and hop in. Uh, we have a special section just for uh, the podcast. But if you're doing any sort of Arab Viper races or you just want to generally chat about ultras and life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, then that's the place to do it in the Arab Viper running Discord and uh, I'm just going to give you a heads up now, and I didn't even tell Jamil this. Uh, this will not be at the normal time next week because I have to go coach a 
uh, I got to go coach a track session for Perfect. nth degree. Perfect. So I'm going to go do a guest appearance um, out there for some, uh, for the nth degree folks help holding it down at Keysar stadium. So if you happen to be in the San Francisco Bay area and you want to go see me stand on the side of a track and yell at adults, then that's the thing you can do. Uh, if you want to see me do that exact same thing to teenagers, uh, then track season starts in February. So just figure out what meet I'm at. And you can watch that if you really want to get weird and harass me as a coach. I don't know where I'm going with this. It's late and I should probably be in bed or in some pneumatic boots so I can try to chase this that. Stuff. You should go do that. I got to do that. So thank you for joining us as always. He's been Jam Jam. I've been Skizzle Fresh. This has been a podcast, and we will catch you guys next time. Have yourselves a shitty week. See you guys.